welcome back to unpaidmoviecritics.com. I am Mike, who is also doing his movie phone voice for no particular reason. <laughs> I am Mike from MikeTheFanboy.com, and I'm here with author, therapist, blessed angelic soul, the woman who says, if Jesus were on this earth walking with me, he would grab my hand and we would skip gaily through the underbrush. Miss Becky Fixall from Uniter.com. Thank you for that, Michael. So we've already had a discussion about how things are going off the recording. (laughs) Yeah. What is new in Los Angeles event-wise? Okay, so now what, um, it's really kind of interesting actually when you you start looking at seasons. LA has no seasons except for FYC. Right. And so now the Oscars are over, and we'll get to that in two seconds. Which I don't want to talk too much about one incident because it is it's annoying. Nauseum. I'm actually more impressed with my picks than how successful I was. But um, let's go. <laughs> just talk right there. But um, so now we're moving to TV FYC. Okay. Um, it's funny because I got an email today saying, "Okay, the Oscar race for 2023 is on," and they were like listing movies that are already. What, what are they predicting for 2023 already? Uh, there's a Mark, there's a Steven Spielberg movie, there's a Martin Scorsese movie, and there's a couple other things that they're already kind of like. Because I honestly have not seen anything that has that I'd be like, oh yes, this deserves an award. No, they probably will, won't pop until you know mid. This is all the dregs of you know films, so nothing okay. will probably hit until later, but. They're already saying, oh, this is coming because Scorsese and Spielberg have two new movies coming out. And, you know, they always get some kind of talk about like Irishman and fucking West Side Story. And, you know, so they're already, it was funny. I was like, I don't even know if I can read this. Um, and then, you know, now TV FYC has already been hitting. Uh, I have an event Saturday. I'm only in Paris, but I'm going to. I have an event on Monday. Okay, Emily Tom. in Paris? Yeah, I know. I, like I, that. I've never I love it. It's so cheesy. It's so stupid, but I love it. So we're doing that. And then I have one on Monday for the Amanda Seafried show called The Dropout, which I love. Have you seen it? I did. It's really good. I hate that woman with a fiery, fiery passion. But Amanda Seafried, I think this is the best performance of her career. And she was nominated for an Oscar um, for something. I forgot what it was. Was it Les Mis? I don't remember why she was not. It might have been Les Mis. It wasn't Mamma Mia, that's for sure. It was. Um, it should be for Mean Girls because she's so good. I love that movie too. Um, now, The Dropout, I mean, for her, the interesting thing is she was able to play the young role all the way up. You could, they could dress her and she could play both, you know, mm-hmm. college age all the way up. Yeah. Um, and that one, and even that inventing Anna, I have to think that that has to hurt your voice at some point. At some point. At some point when you're talking in this weird voice, right. you know, um, on the same kind of field, what is the, the Hulu one? The girl from Plainville. Oh, one, yeah. I, I haven't seen that yet with uh, that's Elle Fanning. Yes. And it's good, but it is nowhere near like we've seen her in the great and how good she is as Queen she Catherine the Great. So good in the great. I love that. So when I see the girl from Plainville, I'm just like, I know you, you're better than this. 
and at the same time, this is also a story I didn't think needed to be told in an eight-part series or whatever the hell it was. Right. Um, Interesting. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Now that we're talking about the great, and I, I just had a brief, I always am wonder about revisionist history. Okay. In terms of TV and movies. Like the great is very much about revisionist history and they're very open about yeah. it being. It's kind of like the Tudors. Yeah. Or a rain. Yeah. And I know they're colorblind casting. I'm, I'm still very torn about it in certain senses. I think it's great, but like it really is like, okay, you have an African-American in Russia at the same, level, mean, you know, hierarchy level. So it's kind of like Bridgerton that where they have Queen Charlotte as a black woman, which there are some scholarly things saying that there, she had some um, African history and you know heritage so that one doesn't feel as off i think and i kind of get what you're trying to get at and not say at the same time the revisionist history it really is though but what's interesting to me is are people really going to think it was like that and that's my question you know or what I mean? is it is it was it like that or is it we've been told so long it wasn't because there were black people all over the world it is interesting. I don't know. You know, I mean, they're very open about the creators are open about that show. And I, I just don't want someone to think because people are, we're, we become a visual society with yeah. Instagram and all of this, you know, especially Instagram, I think really changed that. It's a picture of you having fun. So you are happy constantly 24 seven. Right. Then people but, are like, wow, that person killed themselves. And we're shocked. But because, on the other hand, you have TikTok, which kind of reveals that people aren't happy all the time. And it's the more, the side of TikTok I'm on at least is more realistic people, you know, and talking about political issues and things like that. But yeah. I mean, on the same token, we have um, like the new Anne Boleyn show coming up and there's a black actress playing Anne Boleyn. Now, historically, we know she was a white woman. Right. Is it, I don't have a problem with it. I think it'll be an interesting take but there will be plenty of people that will have a problem with it because that is not historically accurate, which right. I understand. But and I think when it comes to like a realistic person like Anne Boleyn, that may become a problem. But then when it comes to like some random court member of Catherine the Great's court, I'm sure there may have been black people there. And it's possible. I just wonder. We just don't know. I want, I, I just want to make sure, like, even on, even when we look at Quentin Tarantino's films, right? Yeah. I'm in Hollywood, how he changes things. And all of a sudden they come up with a giant, what was that, a giant gun or something? And he offs the Manson. Yeah. I, I, it kind of annoys me because I'm like, I want to know about the real story because to me that's more interesting. And it also is educational at the same time. But it, it, it is the real story that like, if you do the research and you like, I've read a lot of historical stuff about like the Tudor period and stuff like that. It's one of those super dorky things that I like. Um, you know, I like the Royalist and all of that, but are those books actually accurate? Because those people, unless it was written at the time, those people are reflecting back. Are they adjusting things? Just like, you know, right. the King James version of the Bible is because he edited the Bible. Right. So, or had people edit it and add things in that he wanted in the Bible, which just it's that sentence. Yeah. So, you know, it's this weird kind of thing that 
I question, you know, while I get what you're questioning, I also question, how do we know that that is not accurate? Unless we know like exact person that we know Anne Boleyn was a white woman. Mm-hmm. And if it, unless it's a major player, how do we know? Right. Well, the reality is like, okay, going to Christianity, Jesus always depicted as, you know, a white, blonde haired, blue eyed man. Yeah. And in reality, he's, he's most definitely not dark complected, probably more Middle Eastern in complexion. I mean, like, let's just be real. We know where he's from. Right. Like, let's get real. You know, so, and, and my, 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 I, I want it to be historically, I, I like things a little more historically accurate because I like that no, where right. like, hey, there are other stories to tell here that maybe aren't just like, let's, let's not put everybody in, a, in, in oh, let's just throw it out there because people are going to think in their brain, oh, that's the way it was or that's the way it all happened. But look, I saw that. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Like say, granted, children shouldn't be watching The Great because of not, not, not due to race or anything like that, but because of the sex, the violence, the cussing and everything else. But um, is it wrong to have more viewers seeing themselves represented in those characters in that part in history that they haven't in the past because they've been told you didn't exist or you weren't there? Right. Oh, yeah. I'm all about I don't think it's wrong. I, I actually think it's great that, you know, things are getting becoming a little more diverse. I don't like it when it feels a little sandwiched in sometimes. Right. You know, I, I, I look at the movie. Uh, I remember watching the new Craft movie. Craft, I need like, to watch that. Don't. It's the worst. I, you're, that one in Heather's, I don't want to touch. Yeah. And it's like, it's like one of the characters is, uh, I think she, I, I only saw it once. I was very angry. So. Uh, and one girl, I think she was walking and she's like, I am Jenny, I'm trans. No one does that. No. Like that's not organic. That's not, to me, that's not inclusion. To me, that's more like, oh, we need to throw that in there so people know. It'd be more, it'd be more inclusive to cast a trans actress and not have to have her make a proclamation about it. Right. Right? That's, that's interesting to me. Right. And I mean, it's there's... Wild. There's plenty, not plenty, there's there's more representation now than there has ever been in the past. 100%. And, you know, even, um, I want to say the last Downton Abbey movie, there were a lot of complaints because there was a gay kiss. And my my response to that was, how many straight kisses are there? A lot. And it's a kiss. And there were plenty of gay pieces of that era. You know what I mean? Like, People on the whole spectrum have existed throughout history. Throughout history. You know, it's, you know, I want to say some religions have terms for male, female, other. Yeah. Well, especially the Hawaiian, Hawaiian, um, the Hawaiian heritage, I I could be incorrect, so don't quote me on it, but they, they actually have, there's a term for it and it's called like, it's almost like a, it, it, it's, it's a natural evolution. It's almost like a unit. And they're there and they help the family. And they're not, it's, it's, it's like asexual, non-sexual. And, and even, it was, even Judaism has a third gender. Right. And that, I mean, if there's- it really is interesting. When you start breaking it all down, you're like, it is. this stuff is fascinating to me. So it's just, I appreciate the time that we're in that 
you know, movies and shows are starting to break away from just the white man and woman. And yeah, I mean, granted, we really, and I know you write movies, so bless, bless, and don't, don't get mad at me for this. We really need to see women written by women, not men. My women characters are very good, FYI. Well, if you ever let me read it, I would know this, but we're not going to. No problem sending it over. Um, (laughs) I would say I 100% agree with you. I do think, I do think that a lot of male writers put women in a box. I think it's, you know, and and also it's it's a little interesting. I wrote, I wrote a script, it's all female. And I turned it into a pilot because it works better as a pilot. Mm -hmm. I was really breaking it down and I'm like, you know what's really interesting? And it was me kind of like as a gay, gay male saying, oh, this was like my love story to women. Because I love women. Right. And you know what? This was kind of fun. And it literally is like that. When I wrote all the characters, I was like, these are all like the fun archetypes, but giving them layers. And it uh, it worked really well. And, and especially in when you look at it from that perspective. Because, I mean, there's there's movies like there's one that's just coming out today because we record on Fridays, that new ambulance movie. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So my review is going live tonight for that. But it is the most Michael Bay of Michael Bay movies. Okay. It is so drenched in testosterone. And the women in this movie, the EMT that is as tough as nails woman, she is choked she is smacked she is held at gunpoint and at the end of the movie it saves her she can feel emotions again no are you kidding no that's not the stupidest part of the movie okay the whole movie looked like a ridiculous and it's over two hours 20 minutes okay oh my god i have watched eight movies this week I am, my eyes are sore from watching movies constantly. And four of them were in theaters. And Uh, yeah, and that one was so stinking long, but that she was one of three main women characters. One of them, you can't remember her name. One's the wife that forgives her husband for all the stuff. They're just there to move it along, but I'm sorry if I am being held at gunpoint, almost killed multiple times, all of this other stuff, I don't get saved. It might be a life-changing experience, but I need therapy. I understand. I need processing. And that is not, that is a guy going, oh, now she can feel again. No. No. No, she's a human being. Women are humans, despite what some people think. You know? It is really interesting how people... I'll have some writers, um, when you watch a film, don't understand that it, 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 and you can tell, you can 100% tell. I mean, look at, I think we discussed um, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. when you watch Birds of Prey, which I love. I love Birds of Prey, absolutely. The best depiction Fantastic. of, of uh, Harley Quinn that Margot Robbie was ever given the opportunity to do. And I'll tell you, that last Suicide Squad movie, she looked fucking miserable. And I don't know if it was be. She didn't I, I don't say know. in her character. And she, I, if I'm not mistaken, for Birds of Prey, she fought to have that made. She had a woman director. She yeah. fought on the script to make things a certain way. And then after that, Suicide Squad and everything else, 
her character, if you watch her outfits change, so they're more revealing, just like Wonder Woman. When a guy takes over, that skirt gets shorter. Right. And it's just like these small little nuances. And I understand women in comic books are always sexualized, whatever. But the fight scene in Birds of Prey and the small little details, that is a woman that took control of that movie. And I know it bombed. It also came out right before the pandemic and everything from that period sucked. It was unfortunate. I don't know what it was and why it bombed. I I really don't. It's kind of an interesting thing. The guys didn't like it. If you go like on Reddit and look at reviews of it, men tear that movie up. It wasn't made for them. No, it wasn't. That that is a thing. It was not made for men. It was made for women. Because even the ensemble they put together, like a little group, they weren't the traditional little group of women right that would go out it was it was actually rosie perez's character was kind of unlikable yeah none of the characters were super likable in terms of that little group you're like they kind of at the end but that was done on purpose they right. made them all with a very complex kind they're of all story. very flawed they're very flawed and it wasn't the only the most fun character was harley quinn and but it she, was her story it was her story so it was kind of an interesting twist. Like usually the supporting characters are more of the fun quirkiness and they made that and they flipped the script a little bit and they made the lead that way. And the other characters, these kind of more of an intense backstory and, and, and did that little well, thing. I kind of liked it. That actually makes me wonder because somebody said for the new Batman movie, um, the reason it was so dark is because it was from his perspective. So everything was so dark. And then Birds of Prey was so bright and poppy because it was from Harley's perspective. Right. The same city. Okay. So is it all these it's women? Universe, same. No, they're both DC. Same. Both DC, but I thought that Batman wasn't within. I don't know. I don't know if Pattinson's is his own sparkly vampire universe. I don't know. But that was Affleck Batman. I think yes, that but, like the Joker of Joaquin Phoenix is his own thing. But if they go and they, they can't recast Harley at this point. Nobody else is going to do. I mean, she is just like spot on. So she's going to. I, I have a feeling. I just have a feeling. But I don't know. I don't know. I have a but, you know, it's, I'm just kind of curious if those other characters were unlikable and dull because those were from her perspective, if we look at it through that lens. And it could be, I'm not saying they're all unlikable. What's her name? Uh, oh my God, blanking. I'm, I'm going to say Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. That was Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, her character had a little bit. Right. And the, and the, uh, crap, it's, it's um, oh my God, I see her face. Uh, I think podcasts are uh, audible. Are you talking Journey Smollett? Yes, thank you. Yep. Um, Jesse's sister. Yes. Uh, they were just a little drier, I guess. I'm not saying they're unlikable. I'm going to say they're more dry. They weren't. They didn't have the pop that Harley did. Not the pop. And I don't think it was interesting. So I don't think that it did. It didn't help the ensemble of characters. I didn't. It didn't matter to me though. Because right. I wasn't watching it for the ensemble. I was watching it for her. And I kind of liked that ensemble. But the end, I think when they all kind of came together, it would have been a little more powerful if they were a little more gelled in that way and a little more fun. Right. I think they did it on purpose. And I think that was kind of an interesting choice. Right. But they made it, they made that like a drama and they made Harley Quinn like, you know, playworks are exploding in her brain and she's just doing her thing. I, 
I just loved it. I love yeah. the beginning. I love the thing about the sandwich. I love the, or the, I just, I just thought that they did such a, that was the only time I thought they really got that character. Right. Everything was kind of, yeah and i i honestly don't know who who they could put as her if they were to try to recast her at this point they they won't because i think she is so so iconically her right now like batman how many batmans have we had and whatever and i understand harley quinn didn't come to be until the cartoon in the 90s so nobody come at us for that but um okay so batman can pretty much I am Batman. I mean, I am Batman with a good jaw. That's it. I mean, it's a complex character in some level where you have to have, and I didn't see the new Batman with Robert Pattinson. I've heard the complaints that he did not differentiate between Bruce Wayne and Batman enough. That could have been the direction. I don't know because they're going more kind of look. Um, But my friends were saying they didn't didn't know if they liked it or they didn't like it. And they ended up not liking it because it was too one note throughout the film. Um, and it's too flipping long. Too flipping long. But it's interesting. I, I do feel like that is really interesting. If you look at something when you have a female, and then you look at something called Steel Magnolias. Okay, let's look at that for a second. One of the best female ensembles of all time mm-hmm. by a man. Right. All those characters were so rich. It's a brilliant backstory. And he wrote it for his sister because he felt like, and he wrote the play. Steel right. Magnolia, the screenplay, Steel Magnolias. And he wrote it for his sister because his sister did the, passed away like Shelby did. Spoiler alert. And uh, <laughs> he said that he wanted his, the, her her son to know what an amazing woman she was. Right. Because he would never have to, to meet her. And, and look how wonderful that was. So but... I, think, I, think, I think it's the mind. I think it's a creative mind. And I think there are people who are writers. And I think there are also people who write. Correct. And I think there's two different things. I think the I mean, people who are writers can go, oh, and they put their brain into that into that mindset of the character, no matter what gender, because it really doesn't matter. It's like it's the person, how that person would react. Yes. And I mean, I watched you know, another love story type movie this week, and it's just like some of this shit, so, like this this was written by a dude because women won't do yeah. that. I can tell you, women are not going to, first of all, she's a housemaid sleeping with some great Lord's son and left in a manor house walking around naked. First of all, no. Second of all, you could be uh, jailed and everything else and lose the tiny bit that you have. A woman is not going to do this, especially in the 1920s. Right. Let's get... So... You know, so I think, you know, I, I am happy that right now we are seeing a lot more inclusion. Yes. Um, I am happy that we are seeing, you know, some things that were taboo in the past and even like talking about neurodivergency in shows. Like, have you seen the show Atypical? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's on that my list. So damn good. Um, and it's about a kid, I think he's autistic. It's four seasons. It is so good. So good. Interesting. Well, and to clarify, I just want to make sure, you know, my perspective was clear if I you know, tend to ramble. But like I, when it comes to the historical diversity, I just want people to know the real story. Because I feel a lot of times with historical pieces, if we don't know the real story, then we are apt to repeat it. Yes. I feel like if, if people think, 
oh, look, we see all of this, and this is the way it was, we have to know the real story as well because we don't want to repeat it and go back. Now, and, we and, also and, have to take- like, We have horrible stuff, like world wars and the Holocaust, all these horrible, horrible things. We just have to be very careful, I think, as a society to go, look, we don't want to have to, we don't want to go back because we forget that these things and the reality of these things and how horrible they were. That's just my whole point. There, I mean, everything in the great, like it even says- I love the show, which is ironic. I love the great. I think well, no, and I love, I absolutely love these historical shows. Like I love the Tudors, even though, I mean, I used to teach architectural history and interior history. And I would tell my students, you can get an idea, but they, he had two sisters. They squished into one character because they didn't want to pay for a second one. The, you know, and like, I like Rain. I love that show. It's so stupid. I also know that the music in the background, similar to Bridgerton, was not modern music that was switched over. So if these shows can get people interested in the historical stuff and they can inspire people to research, all for it. Yeah, and I agree. I, I just it's entertainment. You know, We've got to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, now, I don't know how people react. They're like, they think the mafia is the Godfather, yeah. or they think you know. But that's how people think sometimes. I think I got a story on that, but that's a personal. We'll talk later. Story. Worthless um, <laughs> society. It's like, ugh. right? But, um, that's fine. So, question for you: You watched the Oscars? I did not. Oh. I. I, okay, so I will tell you, I hate award shows. I've always, I, I've never tuned in. But because we did our predictions, I was updating the thing because I wanted to see who won. And I mean, we took part with the voting locally back in December. Right. And I wanted to see how close we were. So obviously there was the one major moment that overshadowed all of the good that happened. Yeah, and you know, look, uh, wow. And, and today it announced that Will Smith is not allowed to do anything with the Oscars for 10 years. So does that, okay, so being in LA. Bullshit, to be quite frank, but. Well, I mean, he already stepped down from the Academy. Um, so. I think, I think it's too light of a sentence. I, I well. I like Will Smith. Okay, let's put it that way. I did. Clearly he's got anger management issues. He's got Clearly something going on. He has a lot of stuff going on and boy needs some therapy um but uh the whole thing i think why it was so shocking like people still talk about it we're not actually used to seeing really unscripted like spur of the moment things like we're not everything is programmed to the 10th even reality shows which are not reality but so here's the problem i have though it was literally Um, wow okay so the joke granted it was on brand for chris rock so that that didn't shock me no. But that joke had to have been approved for him to use it. I had a debate about my friend. I don't know. And they haven't really come out and said. And also, if he's banned from the events for 10 years and he has stepped down, and I know he's losing contract after contract for movies right now, does that make him unemployable? Because who's going to want to put him in a movie if he's not, like, the big name can't win the award? Well, I mean... I am legend ain't going to win any award. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> so there are different, two different kinds of movies. You do Men in Black Five, and it's fine. I don't, I don't Have know. They if they done that already? I, they try with Chris Hemsworth, but um, I don't, I don't think 
it means he's unemployable. I don't know if the majority of people are not. I mean, like, you know, there's scandals for everybody to have scandal. This was just, um, he's not going to do an Oscar Awards movie, I think, anytime soon. It doesn't mean he can't get nominated. Let's get, it no, means he can't I, go to the ceremony. I think one of the things event. that is horrible is all these years, he's always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. This year, he was the freaking bride. And he screwed it up. He ruined it. And yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, I, you know, it's too bad. I mean, honestly, it was a great water cooler moment for America and sad at the same time because, you know, that's just something you just shouldn't do. I mean, like, you attacked Chris Rock on stage. I'm not a big Chris Rock fan. I like Will Smith more than Chris Rock. Now I'm like, I, Will Smith has always been very cool to me over the years. I've met him several times. Right. Now, a lot of that's put on. You know, you don't know what people are like behind closed doors, obviously, but. I think I lost respect for him in doing that. And then I gained a little bit for Chris Rock because he took that hit and just kept going. He was great. He handled it very well. I mean, I was like, wow, he can take a hit. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't his first. Yeah. Well, I think both behaved kind of badly. I didn't like, I didn't know if that, I don't know if that joke was off the cuff. The Oscars had never said it was off the cuff or not off the cuff. I think they're saying that on purpose. Right. It's on purpose. Like, I don't think the Oscars wanted to shift blame. He's known for improving. Right. Honestly, I don't know if it was improv or not. We saw his um, younger brother several years back, like when we had first started dating. Um, Tony Rock, he was more entertaining, but. Well, and then, you know, when Chris Rock gave the award to Questlove, yeah. He said, oh, it's Questlove and some white dudes. I'm like, so you just, you, you kind of shit on the other people who won an Oscar. I'm like, it, I mean, it was, that documentary it, is absolutely amazing, by the way. I, I heard, I've, I've seen parts of it, I haven't finished it. But yeah, I love documentaries. Um, it's, so, it's, I mean, I, I, I think I was more upset. Like, I had a hard time, like, I was scrolling afterwards and updating to see who had won Best Actor. But um, Jessica Chastain got overshadowed because that just kind of blipped up. Um, right. Oda got overshadowed. Just, what a wonderful movie that you haven't seen yet. No, I still haven't because my eyes are sore. Um, it's such a wonderful film. And it, it's so wonderful for deaf actors and actresses all over. Um, you know, it was my favorite movie of the year. It's what I voted for, Forever Guild. I was a part of because it performance wise it was the best ensemble wise it was the best and mm-hmm. it, it, it just touched it was so touching and it wasn't it wasn't because they're deaf actors and actresses in the movie it was because it was a good movie and they did a good job these wonderful performers well, oh, so good and you know and i think i even said when we were talking last time that you know if he wins I still thought it deserved to go to other people. You know, I didn't think Will Smith deserved to win it anyhow. Yeah, I would have liked to see Andrew Garfield. Right. You know, that that performance was much better to me. Um, and but it's, Jessica Chastain, I was very happy that she took it because it was touch and go. We No one really knew. Right. And towards the end, you could tell that she had the momentum. But that woman is the nicest person. I mean, she I, is. She's adorable. She's that perfect. 
performance blew me away. And it, it was, uh, I mean, I thought Nicole Kidman's great too, don't get me wrong. That was a very loaded category with the exception of Kristen Stewart. Um, <laughs> no love there from either of us. Well, you know, that movie was terrible and she wasn't bad. I don't think she deserved the nomination. I think Amelia Jones from CODA, if wow. CODA had gotten more, she would have gotten that spot. She was astounding. Uh, a revel she was revelatory in that in that in that performance, like that good. So, and, and I'm, I highly recommend uh, everyone to see Coda. It, it it will make you like. Uh, I'm actually, I've only got well one, maybe two screenings this week, and I don't have any digital ones. So after my eyes rest, I may watch it this week before we record. But I was happy that um, all my picks were accurate. I was off by two. I said cinematography would go to Power of the Dog and it went to Dune because Dune pretty much hit the blow of the line. And then I think uh, on my Oscar belt, which I want a $50 Amazon gift card. Thank ooh, you very ooh. much. I was like, woo hoo. Now uh, I will say, and you know already how I feel about the movie. I, I am fine with Jane Champion getting Best Director. Right. But I am glad that it was locked out of everything else. Everything else. I do not think it deserved, what did it have, 12 nominations or something? I don't think it was that good. I know a lot of critics disagree with me, but it just was not that good of a movie that it deserved all those awards. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that who got um, the fan pick? Oh, it was Army of the Dead from Zack Snyder because they hijacked the award. The... Really? I mean, the movie is entertaining. Well, because Justice oh. League, because you know, because that they're because the Zack Snyder fans are nuts, and they don't realize that he's a terrible director. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it. It's true. I liked 300. That was it. Everything. Yeah. I, no, that's not true. I liked Watchmen. I thought he did a really good job of Watchmen. Uh, it's but after so that. No, and then you know I, there was no way I was watching the. Oh, the DC movies are so bad. Yes, and then the, his re-release of them and his cut, adding an hour and a half or whatever it was. I can't do it. I just can't. Well, it's not really, you know, and, and Joss Whedon with his own set of issues, fine. But yeah, way more entertaining, his cut. The Zack Snyder cut was dry. It was boring. All of them, both, both of them were terrible. But literally, when you have a cut of a movie, when you have Jason Momoa going into the water, a bunch of albinos walk out and start singing and then someone picked up jason momoa's sweater and sniffed his armpit and goes ah and they start singing really loud i would if i wrote that i would be banned my friends would be like throwing pencils at me mm -hmm. like that's the stupid it was so awful so awful and looked up that it, it was just like what the f is happening right now and that was in, in the movie. And but I, is that one of those where the director has gotten so much clout that they think they can do anything and people won't? I really wrong. It was terrible. Uh, you know, it's like there, there were Joss Whedon's cut. It was terrible. Zack Snyder's cut was terrible. Literally, let it die and restart it. Right. You know, because let me tell you, Wonder Woman 84 was terrible. Yes. Yeah, Jenkins. 
I mean, Flash, now that Ezra Miller is out there doing rando crap and he's off his Looney Tunes rocker, apparently. Dude, just reboot the whole thing. Right. Just stop. I mean, you, you can keep Cavill. You can keep Zach Levi as Shazam. I'm okay with those. You know, and Shazam didn't do very well, but I think it's an entertaining movie. That's all right. I mean... I like Zachary Levi. I don't mind him. I don't mind him. It's a, My feeling about Zach Levi as a person. I don't mind him. He's there. But he did you ever watch him. Chuck? I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't like it. Oh, see, Jason loves that. And we've watched it several times. And it's one of those shows, like, he puts on other ones over and over. And I'm just like, yeah, I can't. Chuck, I don't care. That one's fine. It's funny. It's goofy. It's stupid. It's fine. It's there. It can be there. It can go away. It's okay. It's like the color beige. It doesn't bother me being there. If it went away and was something else, It'd be fine too. That's true. I really got no opinion. That's Zach Levi. I mean, there's a lot worse in Hollywood. Oh, let me tell you. In Hollywood, yes, there is. But then when you say that about a person, it's like you're beige. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. He was good in Miss Maisel, though, I will say. Yes. He I have nothing against Zach Levi, FYI. Well, I, I actually I actually kind of like the guy. But um Miss Maisel, he was really good. That was actually the best performance I think he did. It was very layered, and I thought he was very good at, in it. Yeah. And uh, I felt bad for his character when he got kind of shit on it. Yeah, she kind of uh, screwed him, and not in a good way. I know. Which is too bad, because he was a good guy. That would have been good for her. It would been good for her, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Shazam was fine. Again, I don't even remember it. Like, I, I saw it. I thought, oh yeah, that was fine. And I don't need to see it again. I don't mind that one. And it's it, it was one that afterwards, like my a friend of mine who's worked with you on a lot of campaigns, he's really into comic books. And um, I told him afterwards, he's like, do you think my kids can watch it? I said, you need to watch it first because that movie got a lot darker than I expected. Yeah. So, you know, so he watched it and he's like, nope, my son is way too young for that. I'm like, yeah, give him some time. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny. I don't remember the movie. I know, I know the end, I remember him at the lunch table, but I don't, I, I saw it <laughs> and it's like beige. It just but at the same beige. time, how many movies do you watch a year? If you're like me. I watch a lot of stuff. You I like- watch a lot of stuff. And it's so funny because, you know, and I've even mentioned several times, my eyes are sore from staring at screens all week. Yeah. I got an email for a series that's dropping on Hulu in three weeks. And I just went, Ooh, I want to watch that. And I'm like, no, we're taking the weekend off. I need to not watch. It's a true crime one, so I'm really interested. But I'm like, I need to not stare at a screen and focus on it constantly. Well, that's because you're a member of the Detroit Film Critics Society. You're this all the baller. You're like, bitch, I'm in the fucking Detroit Film Critics Society. Who am I? I'm the fixel. I'm Which the is, fixel, you fuckers. That's what you're saying. I'm getting random indie film people reach out now and ask me to review their stuff and one of them reached out today and said I loved your review of whatever movie it was and you know and I tore that movie up but then they asked me to review theirs and I was like did 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 you really read it 
and you know because i called the movie out because it falls into all these horror movie tropes and i'm just like uh, you know and then they mentioned huh what new swag have you got i got sonic 2 stuff today i got little plushies and a little towel and stuff um i got an ambulance hat and shirt um I have something coming this weekend for the new DreamWorks, uh, the bad guys. The bad guys. Yeah, it's an animated um, cartoon. I don't know. I don't. I have. A, I don't. I try not to watch trailers because most of them give away the whole damn movie. Um, so, and sometimes going into movies like I did with Ready or Not and had no idea what I was getting into, right. that was worth the ride. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I got a Downton Abbey official cookbook with an apron for the new one and that came from the publisher not from the movies um that's about it recently i think so i think of lost city uh yeah i got lost city i got cups i got a uh cheese board um sunscreen which i have here little sunscreens um which has two layers of sunscreen, two different types in it. Um, and these little door pull things, like the don't touch the cootie door pull things that came out for COVID, which I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. So yeah, I got that. Let me know. Huh? When you're done with that cheese board, let me know. Mm-mm, that one's too cool. Sorry, dude. Yeah. I know. I, I try. You try. You have my address. You just have to fly, what, 2,500 miles to get stuff. Okay, well, eventually you'll be here for a visit. Eventually. But that cheese board will not be in my bag. <laughs> Although I don't know how long until I'll be flying again. Because what now, it's, even though COVID's still going, it's safe to fly without a mask. I, I You know, I just ride the wave, man. I'm just like, hmm, I'm going to hang out here for a little bit more, work on my gardens. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to freaking do, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, there's nothing, it's funny because it really is still, the box office is still like, uh, there's nothing out. Well, no, and that's the thing. Like when you said there's Oscar predictions already for 2023 and eight movies, two of them were solid meh. Yeah. That that's the best I can give you. They're just looking at the whole year of what's coming. Yeah. Oh well, it's coming this time. I was like literally got it. And I, I was like, really? You wow. can predict all you want, but until it actually gets to critics and everybody, you well, know. That's the truth. Like, look at Steven Spielberg. Oh, the BFG was supposed to be your uh, favorite. And I then people saw it and they're like, oh no. And I personally, okay, so I wasn't, I was writing reviews. I wasn't an official critic at the time but um i liked the bfg but i love that book uh, i grew up it was one of my favorite books so for me seeing it come to life had something but then if you even look at um they were predicting he'd win big for west side story right they did get one for supporting actress yeah that was it but um i don't think it deserved more than that so yeah it's it's interesting because like everything coming out now is all just kind of blah and seeing so many like there's one coming out on amazon tonight um all the old knives sandy newton chris pine and it's an espionage oh yeah yeah i heard of it 
Okay, so if you watch the trailer, he reminds me so much of Dermot Mulroney that I was like, I'm having major issues watching this. And then it was so slow. And there's there's at least one guy in our group that he, like his reviews always are the exact opposite of mine. He is so energetic. He thought it was such a great film. And I'm just like, I know I'm not that far off. And it's kind of like ambulance. People were either, they loved it or hated it. That was it. And with the Northmen, people loved it or hated it. I'm excited to see Northmen, actually. I love Vikings, though. So, and it has Alexander Skarsgård, who I love. And And there is, there is what I was looking forward to. There was a quote I saw that there was naked sword fighting on a mountain. Done. It's naked sword fighting on a volcano. Thank you very much. And... It, it wasn't for me but i can't say that it was a bad movie so it's oh, interesting good. what's that i was nicole kidman she was okay i was alexander skarsgård i mean i kind of thought through most of it because and i he's done this in other roles too but he was he's kind of hunched over like he almost did like we was in tarzan he was hunched over and kind of brutish yeah. and i was just like does your back not hurt like he's a very tall guy he's at my height yeah and and he yeah, is a muscly man and he's yeah. hunched over and he's doing this stuff and he's doing manual labor and i'm just like at some point that has got to hurt your back and neck though you know and i know that that was the character and all that i just don't know that it was almost like watching um and my a friend of mine goes did we just watch the lion king with vikings and i said well i was thinking hamlet and that's essentially what the story is Uh, so you know if you get past that stuff it was a little slow for me and again two hours 16 minutes a long movie everything's a long freaking movie sonic is over two hours Really? Yeah. I think that one's like 202, but it's a kid's movie. Usually they're an hour and a half. Which is perfect. And yeah, no. So I don't know. It's just kind of getting to the point that it's getting a little too long in the tooth for some of these movies. They could have cut so much out of Sonic and made it worth it. Uh, That's too bad. And that one... I mean, they they geared that one more towards kids, not just Sonic fans. Oh, clearly. But, I mean, the first one still had enough Easter eggs for fans that they felt happy with it. Right. This one, I think, lost that. It lost that little bit of glimmer and magic that it had. Oh, that sucks. So, you know, whatever. What can you do? I think it's an interesting conversation for next week when we talk, talk about runtime and films and how it's changed. And is it positive or negative in some levels? Because sometimes too much time can ruin a film. And honestly, um, just and one little note on that. One little note on the runtimes. That can't, those runtimes have come after everybody's so used to pausing movies at home. Our bladders are not up for this. Yeah. It's just not. Just not. So. Wow. And that's what the Fixel says. And that's what we're going to say from now on. That's what the Fixel says. That's oh, bless Mike. That's what the Fixel says. That's what the Fixel says. And you want that, honey, I bet, huh? What? And you're going to want honey, I bet, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, on that note, we will thank you guys all for joining us. 
And I'm Patreon Critics. I'm Mike. That's what the Fixel says. What the Fixel says. What the Fixel says. Oh, Michael. We'll see you next week, New Zealand. All right. We'll see you then. Bye.